welcome to episode 18 of Biohacking with Brittany. Thank you for joining me and tuning in this week. Last week, I did not do an intro just because I actually lost my voice. I was at a friend's wedding the weekend prior and could not really speak for the life of me, let alone do a podcast recording intro and outro. So I hope you enjoyed last week's episode as well. That was all about like sexual biohacking. I had a sex therapist on Susan Bratton, who was amazing. And we just had the best discussion. So I'm sure you've tuned into that one. If not, give it a listen after this one. It is really jam-packed with a variety of different topics like nutrition for libido and having a healthy sex life. And also like some interesting things we talked about, like the trends that she sees in younger generations in terms of like their own sexuality and like sexual practices. And also like how do you talk to youth and children about having a healthy sex life and what that looks like. And just with you know, everything that's online these days and how that affects children and youth growing up into adults. So it was a very interesting episode, if I do say so myself. But this week, we're definitely switching gears. Uh, We have Antonio Matos on, and he is an expert in the EMF world. So he has a company called Faraday's that creates EMF blocking boxers for men. And he's actually also moving into the female space as well soon. And basically, we just talk about what EMF is and 5G and how you can block EMFs and kind of take like healthy measures to mitigate the effects, especially for men. There tends to be quite a lot of research on EMFs on testicles and how it affects sperm quality and quantity and mobility, as well as testosterone. So especially for men who work with laptops on their laps, you know, watching TV or who put their phones in their pockets, that's those tend to be the two biggest ones, I think. So there's quite a lot of research coming out about that, which is interesting. And we definitely touch base on that. So I hope you enjoy this episode. There is a lot of good information. And yeah, let me know what you think and subscribe. Thanks. Antonio Matos from Faraday's. Welcome to the podcast. How are you? Fine, just peachy. Glad to be here. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you on. So I would love you to walk us through your company, Faraday's, and how you kind of got to the point of creating it and where you think and want the company to go in the future. Okay. So Faraday's is is the name of our domain. And we are a, a social enterprise, I like to say. Uh, when I first started thinking about starting a business, I, I wanted to do something that was extremely uh, impactful on, on kind of the current, uh, I don't want to say structures, but the way that, uh, that, that business was carried out. I lived in, seven, uh, lived in China for seven years uh, before we're starting Faraday's, and they kind of gave me this, this sense of something's not quite right with, with how the world is working. And so when I left China, when I was uh, there as a, an IP sort of enforcer, and I saw that a lot of inefficiencies uh, in business, not just in the factories in China, but also in where and how money is sort of spent in businesses towards you know, protecting intellectual property as opposed to you know, innovating you know, new businesses and new business models. And when I came back from China, I went over to 
to grad school. And that's where I discovered that I had uh, electromagnetic hypersensitivity, which is, I think, an official disease now where people are starting to get symptoms from their exposures, their overexposures to the increasing amounts of EMFs in the environment. So I realized actually in class underground that I would know like a split second before my phone would ring. And I started looking into what could be causing that and thought it was psychic or maybe my phone was something was wrong with my phone. I, I, I never knew like how phones worked before that. I just kind of assumed that it was just magic and, and that uh, the way they worked wasn't sort of uh, a threat or a risk to our health. Uh, but as it turns out, uh, one of the godfathers, I guess, of, of EMF is, was, he's since passed away, but a uh, scientist, uh, highly renowned, written tons of books, one of the most respected EMF experts was a scientist at Columbia University where I was studying. And I had a chance to, to meet with him. And he kind of took me through, um, and I was studying kind of social entrepreneurship and, and nothing related to sort of medical health uh, in the way that it is sort of prescribed today to the students or, or physics. But he took me through kind of how cells are impacted by uh, intracellular uh, communications and how our bodies are affected. From, from EMFs and all sorts of EMFs and different frequencies. And so I spent the next year or two researching like the health impacts and what studies are published on this stuff. There have recently since been a number of studies which have come out, you know, pre these most recent studies in the 90s and the last decade or so from like the early 70s and even the 60s showing a negative effects of EMF, you know, kind of stuff from what the military had done and, and sort of covered up. And now it's kind of in the fore. And so the most vulnerable, and maybe this was a somewhat of a, of a biased decision on my part too, because I think maybe babies or the youngest generation are probably the most vulnerable, but the most vulnerable body part on humans is, are the testicles. And so instead of, you know, every electronic device emits EMS, even like EMF testing meters, this is emitting EMF as well, as do the wires in your house and power lines. But instead of kind of creating solutions for every single device. And these devices actually within themselves have EMF protection because the wires you know, cause interference between the, the insides and organs of electronics. But with regards to the testicles, they're, they're the most exposed given to how we uh, use technology these days. When, and that kind of goes into a, a different path towards kind of regulation and how, how these electronics have been regulated and sort of the laws that have been built since the 90s in order to, to enable electronic and telecom industry people to, to do their thing. But back to testicles, like the cells of the testicles are also like the most sensitive. And so, you know, I'm kind of looking at the other health, men's health trends and, and I'm getting older myself and pr probably noticing some drops to testosterone levels, you know, across society and certainly fertility is dropping and, and erectile dysfunction is a risk and, you know, all of these men's health sort of uh, even societal factors are, are also in play. It is an underwear product. And, and, and what it does is it, it shields all EMFs from, including 5G, from impacting your testicles. And most interestingly, there, there are a couple studies which show that if you reduce exposure to your balls, your sack, then that it gives them a chance to, to recover and to heal and to, to reverse previous damage. Wow. That's so interesting. Like, I don't think I've ever heard anybody 
necessarily say that they can feel their phone ringing before it rings and like just having such like hypersensitivity like that is something else. Like how common is that among people now? Like I'm sure it's increasing, but EMF sensitivity seems like such a new topic. So have you seen like research on it increasing every year or like what does that look like? Yeah. Yeah. Just recently it's become like a recognized thing and started I think in, in um, in Scandinavia, actually, where they're, you know, are, are much more progressive, especially when it comes to healthcare and, and how the government's set up. But everyone feels, everyone's body senses or has an effect to EMF. But, you know, does your consciousness actually kind of recognize the, the jolt? And I think it had to do with certain mind states, to be honest, or moods, because I can't really feel my phone anymore. And I, I think that has something to do with um, I'm not as sort of wary as, as what business or path I'm going to take on to life. And I was sort of in a depressed state, at uh, kind of in a zombie state at, at school. And I think, and it was in New York City, that, that could have been a factor. Although I've, I've been, been around, you know, lots of exposure before and not had the experience of, you know, feeling my phone before it's going to ring. But I've been aware now of these issues. So I, I take sort of action to to reduce my exposures and 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 not hold my phone against my head or not put it in my pocket or, or, or things like that. But regardless if people can feel EMF or not, I mean, it's, it's definitely causing changes, you know, harmful changes in our body. And there are, there are cases of like, you know, healthy EMF as well, where maybe like for healing or, or like recovery for like athletes. So they'll like zap um, a body part for, you know, 30 seconds with a high intensity EMF and it may like stimulate blood flow and whatnot. But the way we're exposed to EMF like on a daily basis from our environments is just um, causing lots of really longer timescale genetic mutation, kind of making us sterile. So in terms of like, so you create boxers that have a specific fabric in them that blocks EMF from hitting your junk, right? That's what the product is in itself. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> so like what on an actual like smaller level, what is the fabric actually made out of? Because I'm starting to see these different materials come out now, not just boxers, but like t-shirts and different things that have like different metals woven into them that apparently block off EMFs. So is that the case for yours or like how does the technology really work? Yeah. So, so EMF stands for electromagnetic field, uh, electromagnetic frequency, which is, which are energy waves that um, are basically light and travel at the speed of light. And they're made up of electricity and and, uh, magnetics. So what conductive fabrics do, and conductive means that they reflect or allow electricity to to flow on conductive surfaces. But, But with regards to like EMFs in the microwave range, which our uh, fabric blocks and reflects, and does not allow that stuff to, to get inside, given that it's... So the, the technicalities of how an EMF wave is blocked is probably best explained by a physicist, but on a basic level, what happens is there, there's a, a depolarization of the electrons on the surface of the, uh, the fabric, and that causes the EMF wave to reflect. And so the, the positive electrons of the fabric will go to the surface, and the negative electrons actually will go to the other side of the... And the fabric is duplex. There's two sides to the, to the fabric. And the, the outer surface is the kind of the reflective side. And the inner surface is more polymeric, 
and more absorbent of a sweat, which uh, further which further exacerbates exposure because you know when you have sweaty skin, it it, it makes the, the skin conductive and easier for the electricity to, to flow. And so the pouch reduces exposure and protects the the balls. Wow, that makes a lot of sense. So if you start, well, like if somebody, a male, I guess, were to start using these, say, like every day and just like bought a bunch of pairs and was wearing them every day, like how long would it take to see a change? And like how long would it take for them to reap the benefits? Immediately. I believe in the placebo effect. And they're also extremely comfortable. And so you're able to move around and, and they don't kind of roll up like other underwear and they're also anti-odor, so you can kind of wear them at the gym and prevent, you know, people <laughs> smelling you if you go to the night party after. But in terms of like the, the testosterone effects and the and and the, and the and the cancer, I mean, so we've done a few like one-on-one studies, one-off studies, and there's a number of biomarkers that have had like really positive increases. And these studies haven't been like super designed and controlled, but they are you know, done by biohackers and myself and, and would show like after a couple of weeks, after a few weeks, sperm's made every 90 days, you know, testosterone can have, if you eat a Brazil nut before bed, your testosterone levels will increase in the morning. But over time, the, what the EMF does to the, the structures is it causes the, the cells in the testicles to have a, it impacts the membranes. So it causes the calcium, which uh, is used for the cells to communicate with each other to be either overflowed or to be um, not enough. So it'll cause an imbalance. And over time, that causes tissue damage mm-hmm. and causes, uh, you know, impacts the ability to, for function, really produce testosterone and whatnot. Yeah, without that cumulative sort of exposure, then they're, they're able to uh, recover and you know, function how they're supposed to. Mm. So the boost in testosterone would happen within 24 hours or like more accumulative, like you were saying, over time? If like your posture is like more straight up, right? Like upright, then the testosterone increases like immediately, doesn't it? <laughs> or even with like breath work, maybe we should add like some sort of weight to the, the back part of the waistband to kind of pull the back <laughs> back. And so your shoulders are kind of pulled back and that would, I think that has an impact on testosterone. Yeah, because I know that like fertility is such a big issue now. Um, I have a close friend of mine who is struggling to get pregnant with her partner and they're in their early early 30s and they're just starting to dive into emfs and just because they're almost at a loss of like what else to do you know like they've hacked their diet and they've hacked all of these other parts but they haven't really got into the emf world yet so Mm -hmm. it'll be interesting to kind of see what that looks like for them and i just wonder with the fertility issues that everybody's having, like how much of it is EMF related and how worse is it going to get as like more and more stuff goes online and like 5G becomes a thing and like, is it decreasing or is it like possible for us to kind of like hold off and like mitigate it for a while? You know what I mean? No one really knows, but the salesman in me wants to say like, it's the clear factor that's causing all of these issues in society. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not, but it's definitely a factor. And you can increase you know, sperm quality and counts if that's the issue. You know, there's a number of other issues that could be involved. But I think it's, it's the biggest factor that's not being talked about. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, I think it's more of a societal thing than 
that the health sort of issues with technology is, like, encompasses more than just EMF because there's like the psychological impact and it's so mm -hmm. holistic. And to blame everything on like the EMF is easy because it's covered. It's been like swept under the rug and, and like the political ramifications and all of this. I mean, for example, the, the, the reinsurance companies who insure the insurance companies who insure like Samsung for the product liability for health claims do not insure these companies. So on their annual reports for all the stock investors out there who are, you know, making lots of money, uh, but they haven't sold their tech stocks yet, it would be, <laughs> there is risk on their annual reports that says, you know, we have risk from health claims from consumers because the reinsurance companies won't cover these. And actually just past Friday, some law firms, and this is the first time this has happened, came right after the Chicago Tribune had published a story on the, because they did their own test on, on each of like the most popular cell phones and found that uh, the cell phones are emitting like many times more than the legal limit, even though all like most of the studies that have been done by scientists show that even levels of EMF that are below the legal limits also cause damage. So wow. these law firms are suing the technology companies and they're probably going to get very rich because these technology companies are preparing for, for war against uh, consumer health claims. And it's just, just starting now. And one of the ideas that, that I have for, for our nonprofit is to kind of collect information on patients, I guess, who are experiencing any symptom that can be linked to, to EMF for the purpose of battling the telecom companies and also uh, making a buck, but channeling that money further into to 5G, 5G research and you know, building solutions uh, because it's coming and it will come and sort of preventing 6G and 7G from happening. Yeah. So what I've heard with in terms of EMF, because like EMF is such a debated topic right now. There's so many people who think it's so woo-woo and not legit and not has no science backing and like just don't believe it and don't believe electronics really have an impact. Like there's yeah. I know so many people who, who think that. But what I've heard is that EMF right now is kind of like how cigarettes were 40, 50 years ago. So they're popular, everyone's starting to do it, and no one really understands the health implications of it long-term because it literally just hasn't been around long enough. There hasn't been enough studies. So that's what people say EMF is right now. It's like, you might think that it might not have an impact, but we don't have 20, 30, 40-year studies that really show that impact. So, yeah. and I'm kind of on the fence with that because I understand that we haven't had the long enough like studies, like the internet and electri like electricity and all these things are just like, have just blown up really in the last 20, 30 years, right? Mm -hmm. So the fact that the science isn't necessarily there yet long-term, I still think it is better to be preventative about it than to be sorry about it in 30 years. So I just wonder if like 30 years from now, people are gonna look back and be like, wow, we were so dumb. We had so much EMF in our homes, in our kids' bedrooms, everywhere. Why didn't we know better? And I feel like it's just better to be safe than sorry, I guess. And like, that's the approach that I take. It's kind of like in between, but. No. That's the direction like that healthcare is moving in, more of a sort of preventative approach. Yeah. It's yeah. totally based on making money, right? And mm -hmm. the way in a capitalistic society, which is you know necessary for competition, I think. But yeah, preventative approach is the way to go. 
yeah. and sort of a future-oriented uh, way of thinking about this. Since our, we're making babies with genetic mutation, you know, babies are being born with like autism and so the, the, and you know exposure right out of the womb in hospitals. Hospitals are, have so much machines in an operating room or wherever, everywhere in the hospital. And that and doctors, doctors kind of deny this because that's not how they were trained or sort of been made to believe. So I think there's a whole like another 10 years of unlearning that has to happen based on like the mainstream media coming to grips with, with what's been going on. Yeah, I totally agree with you though that, that the preventative health strategy is best. And optimizing, like biohacking, right? Like these things are, you will optimize health via reducing exposure. Does it affect like your productivity though? Like how do you keep up with people who are totally like addicted or whatever term you want to use, they use their technology. Like what level of technology use is, is healthy? in a modern society and uh, you know we can make phones that are a little bit safer actually but then it, it means that the cell phone companies have to like kind of admit uh, all the previous damage and so, mm. so it's like play it by your kind of thing yeah that's super interesting yeah the approach I take right now with EMFs is very I just try and reduce it so I have a phone case that reduces it which when you flip it over and you put the phone to your head it mm like changes the direction of the EMFs and takes it away from your head, which is really great. And then I also have a EMF blocking blanket so that if you're sitting with your laptop on your computer or your laptop on your lap, um, the EMF blanket kind of like blocks it off. And then there's like practices that people do where like they don't keep their phone in their bedroom or it's always on airplane mode and that sort of thing, which I think is is really great, but I think your company creating boxers is really just like taking it to the next level. So in terms of, I guess, a like gear that protects the body from EMF, is there a reason why you haven't developed like female clothing? Like I would love to see underwear that does the same thing as boxers and I, I haven't seen it yet. And I know like it might not be as big of a deal for females, but like I still think that you know, if it was out there, I would buy it basically. <laughs> yeah. Right. It feels like you need it. Yeah. But there's like a ton of muscle and at least a little bit of fat and much thicker skin than a scrotum block, mm -hmm. uh, protecting the ovaries. And like for the anatomy of, of a woman's private parts, I don't think they're as uh, risky as man's parts, at least for fertility, maybe, mm -hmm. maybe for other things. What about for like breast tissue? Like, could you guys create maybe like a bra or like a bralette that did that? Because that's pretty, it seems like it's pretty exposed. Yeah, it's totally exposed. I don't know where, you're, where you keep your phone like when you work out, but do you, do you like stuff it in your... In my bra? Yeah, I've done that. <laughs> it's, yeah, sometimes it's hard, but... Or then you have like the wireless headphones that are Bluetooth that are emitting EMFs on your head. So like, I don't know. I don't know what the solution is. <laughs> 2.45 gigahertz, yeah. Yeah. Um, that stuff's, yeah, brain cancer. Just not use it. I don't believe in like brain waves, like being able to, to travel like around the world and being inserted into someone else's brain. So I don't know if like a hat would be useful, but if you don't like use your phone against your head, I think, I think you're cool. And mm -hmm. You have air tubes, right? Yeah. We should start selling air tubes. Yeah, we're going to do air tubes and we're also, yeah, uh, the breast tissue is a huge risk. And there's science showing that, you know, breast cancer rates are, or people who are getting breast cancer these days, like young girls, may not be genetically predisposed on paper, but somehow 
they've been using or stuffing the phone in their bra and, and getting cancer. Yeah. Yeah, you guys should create sports bras. Coming 2020. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's actually factual. And we are doing that. And, but, oh. but we're still kind of just starting the development phase of like how it would be like strapless or a pocket for the phone or like... Yeah, don't do strapless if it's a sports bra. If it's not a sports bra, it's different. Do you wear a sports bra like in normal daily activities? Um, sometimes. Like they can be pretty comfortable, right? Because a lot of bras, when you buy them, like have wires or weird padding or like are just really tight. And it actually is not really good for your lymph either. It kind of like blocks your lymph, which is another right. health thing. That's why a lot of people now wear like, I don't know how much you know about this, but a lot of people now wear like bralettes, where, which are like, it's just a piece of fabric. It mm -hmm. can be lace, it can be whatever. And that, that's a lot easier on the body. It's gentler. It doesn't hurt. It's, and it's not as tight. So yeah, I mean, like you could wear a sports bra during the day. It depends, right? It depends yeah. on like your body type too. It's a big factor. So what I was going to ask is for people who don't know what air tubes are, could you explain yeah. them and explain what the benefit would be? I've done a lot of research on this. What I have concluded is that, so there are sound waves that travel, right? And in normal earphones, like, like, like Apple sends you, they travel in a wire. And anything that's traveling in a wire has an electric field around it. And, you know, so right now, if you're all, all of the, from normal earphones, that, those EMFs, it's actually safer than holding the phone up to your head or wherever you hold it. But, but, you know, there are some EMFs. How much? I haven't tested it. But what would be lower is air tubes. So the air actually uh, travels in like plastic tubes. Mm -hmm. And so like, there's no electricity between. The, so there, there may be electricity actually near the ear. I'll have to look into that. And there is electricity, you know, where your phone is. Right. Because isn't it that the sound on the headphones is lower down and then it gets pushed to the ear rather than the sound coming straight to your ear? Is, is that what it is? Because that's what I read, but that could be like totally wrong. Yeah. The sound travels through. I'm not sure if there's like a vacuum or, or any sort of compressor or what happens there, but yeah, it travels through the air tube. I do know that it reduces exposure though. Um, at least, yeah. you know, from, from what the companies say, you know, to your head and to, to the rest of your body where the wires are close. Um, so if we were to do an air tube like we did for the underwear, we would make it better on like every level. Because like the underwear is like made out of bamboo and it's like ridiculously comfortable. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, kind of priced much lower than all of the other luxury brands, which are made out of synthetics and not as comfortable. So we would mm -hmm. do something like that. We kind of make it mainstream and available to as much people as possible. Yeah, that's awesome. So I'd love for us to just dive into 5G and explain to people what the difference between 4G and 5G is and if there's any reason to be alarmed and like what, what should we really be worried about? We should be worried about, so I'm worried about like robots taking over and like there being like riots in the streets and looting, but I'm like for my body, I'm protected with underwear and, and there's no 5G coming up in my neighborhood, but there are neighborhoods around the country and the United States at least, which are putting up these antennas like right near your home and in your cities and everywhere, light posts and, and where you're walking in streets and that stuff is communicating with, you know, everything can be connected these days and they use laser beams. They use legitimate laser beams that our eyes can't sense, but are there 
and which come into contact with our body. And when it comes into contact with our body, it's, you know, it's not good. It's, it's very, it changes, it causes an, an excitement in the cells and then, you know, causes the, the, the calcium in cells to not function properly. And then it, you know, it causes cascades in the body, which exacerbates like other issues that you're already having. And so then more people are going to the doctor to, uh, for anxiety and, and getting prescribed medicine instead of, you know, go out into nature and, you know, sit under the sun for, for an hour per day, you know, mm-hmm. things like that. But I think as people become aware of what's going on, but 5G is slated, you know, to, to be rolled out and it is rolling out. So it's coming. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard that 5G has the ability to let people message each other while on subways underground. Whereas like right now, it, well, at least in Vancouver, although we don't have much underground here, but that I use anyway, like obviously like you lose signal, right? When you go on the subway or the train underground. So it's crazy to think like that a platform is coming that is so intense that you can text while underground. Like that's, that's wild. I don't know. Like I, I just, I don't know. That's, that's crazy. Like that just shows how strong it is, I guess. Yeah. It can be shaped and like, and like t- turned and, and all this, there's so much technology exists, you know, yeah. anything is possible. But what those engineers aren't are people who know about the health effects. And so I suspect that, you know, the young students who are going into, into these industries are not aware of, of the health effects either. And so they're going in and, and making uh, lots of money at entry-level jobs. But the executives of these companies are definitely doing criminal-type activity, covering this stuff up. And eventually, there are already kind of these soul-broken executives who have, you know, come down with, with health issues themselves and are switching over to the dark side. Yeah. I think it's also just a reflection of our society of wanting more information faster, wanting to talk to people faster, be on social media faster. And we have such a problem with like instant gratification with millennials and like younger and because like just growing up in this in this age right so it's no surprise that there's a push for 5g and there's no surprise that there's a push for things that even that are even faster than that it's just like a reflection of where we are as a society so in terms of somebody listening to this right now and being like okay cool i'm educated now i want to protect myself i want to make a difference what can they do right now at at home that could help kind of decrease their EMF load that they're exposed to? Turn your Wi-Fi router off at night. Mm. And if you are lazy or forget, there's actually remote controls that you can hook up to your Wi-Fi router and just turn it off. You don't need it on at night. It's not necessary. Also, your phone should be in the the other room. If you're expecting like a call late at night, you kind of SOL, but the airplane mode is very functional and works well. It's offline mode. Why, Why is it called airplane mode? Because when you're in airplanes, the amount of EMFs they're exposed to is just crazy. Yeah. So our underwear is really good for travelers. But let's say like a computer, let's say you sleep in a room where your head is against the wiring where it shouldn't. But on the other side of that wall is like a laptop that's on or your Wi-Fi router or anything like a microwave or a refrigerator or anything, any other appliance it could be emitting that is going into your head nightly and affecting your sleep. And so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are simple, easy things. Like power strips underneath a desk are, are a thing. <laughs> Just kind of look around and, and realize, like, where are these appliances and, and how can I be, like, more feng shui of setting up living yeah. environment? Yeah, I think it's just, like, stepping back into nature, back 
away from how advanced we've become. So I actually just saw a video today of some fabric that was EMF blocking and they did a test. So they put a egg inside this fabric and they put it inside a microwave and then they put the egg inside with the shell on, like uncooked, inside the microwave without fabric. So they did two different tests. And the one without fabric, like burst the egg, it baked right away within a minute, cooked, went everywhere. And then the one that was actually in the fabric came out and it was still whole and it wasn't cooked at all. So it's so interesting when you see stuff like that because it actually shows you how powerful microwaves are. And it shows you that there is EMF technology out there that actually does work like yours and that you can actually start bringing into your life if you want to decrease your load. So like, obviously what you said has a lot of uh, truth to it of just like easy things to do. But for people who are actually like into biohacking or serious about reducing their EMF load, like I highly suggest like exploring your brand and other brands that really help decrease the, the EMF load. I think we're at a point where it's, it's necessary. Yeah, I don't know how that egg wasn't cooked, <laughs> but yeah, EMF protection is a, is a necessity. There are so many things that can be done. It's sort of a double-edged sword because the more aware that you are, then sort of it kind of kind of creates panic in, in some people. And like, where do you stop, right? Like, at what point do you stop? Because you know, ideally, the way our bodies are made and the way modern society is, is sort of built these days with five G, then you know, we should be in, in the jungle with like in trees and, and things mm-hmm. like that. But I think there's a middle point somewhere and I think it comes down to a kind of more more honest business practices and thinking about like what impact you're having and if you really you know think what you're doing it is good no no I think you're yeah, totally there's these brands that are popping up and there are a lot of like biologists who you can like do one of these like a, a video call and they'll, they'll give you tips and and, and whatnot on what to do but a lot of it is just available online and really easy to do yeah do your research always Always, always good idea. Another thing that I like to do is just like grounding, especially after flights, like you were talking about, like with airplane EMF, um, grounding yourself and just, it actually makes such a difference, especially when you fly a lot and even just grounding yourself at home, getting out into nature and literally like recharging makes a big, big difference. It really helps with my sleep as well. But with EMFs, like it's kind of like the more natural, the better, I guess is kind of like the approach that I would suggest overall. Yeah. You're pretty good with getting out into the sun daily and right. Yeah. I mean, I I tried to do my best. Like now that I'm back in Vancouver, it's summer, so it's fine, but it's hard when the winter comes because it's just so much rain and gray. So I'm going to have to kind of like figure out that. I know now that there's like lights out there that kind of emit similar like UVs to the sun, but Mm -hmm. then that's just like something you plug in that has EMS, right? So it's kind of two-sided. <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah, there's like these Stetzer things that you could plug into the wall. Yeah. Which are yeah. genius. And there's like smart meter covers, which are kind of expensive, but you can, you can like do it yourself or find cheaper ones. There are kind of laptop covers, but you know, the underwear mm-hmm. quite protected. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen any studies on like, I mean, there's like heart issues. Mm-hmm. There's like uh, cardiac sort of problems that have been linked to, to EMF exposure. But if you use your phone up near your chest, that can be an issue. So I think, I think shirts, yeah, especially with like 5G, um, should be you know, yes. something that, that's looked into. But they're very expensive. And there's like these grounding shoes, right? Yeah, and also even just like shirts, if you were flying, like traveling, 
So um, I actually have one as well. And I mean, like, imagine just like having a full outfit that you would wear every time you flew. Like that would be me. I would totally do that. But sometimes it's kind of needed. I, I don't know. It depends. Like how far do you go? Right. But I'm glad that regardless, like there's just more awareness coming and people are being educated about it. And that's what we really need because it takes so long for change to happen in the health world. And even just looking at something like nutrition, right? There's still so many healthcare professionals and doctors who are like, nutrition has no impact on your body. And like still, like today, and it's ridiculous. So like the EMF is just like so, so new. It's in its infancy, right? So mm-hmm. I'm excited to kind of like see how it grows and the awareness grows and like the change and, and all that sort of thing. Yeah. The health and wellness industry is exploding. It's like yes. well into the trillions. And oh, yeah. yeah. Much larger, I'd say, than in the tech industry. And, yeah. Uh, it's attracting smart people. So it's a great place to, to be. You know, yeah. health and wellness and, and, and sort of, and there's lots of like things with clothing, like these new clothing innovations that are happening and with regards to health, just like mm-hmm. uh, antioxidant fabrics and, and things like that, or sort of, they allow sun to get through, right? Kind of like things like that. And Yeah. I've seen also like in Australia, when I was there recently, I saw sun blocking fabric, which is really cool, obviously, because the, the UV there can be really high and dangerous for a lot of people but yeah thank you so much for coming on the podcast if there's anything like you could leave our listeners with like one single tip that is super helpful just for the average person what would it be and why question everything and never settle on what you think is the truth because whatever we think is the truth in my opinion it's definitely not there's always something truer and i think that goes for for every industry and every situation yes Great, great words. I love that. Awesome. Okay, thank you so much. I will link everything we talked about in the show notes below. And I hope like people go check out your brand because you're doing wonderful, wonderful things and you educate people so well. So it's really great. Thank you so much. Had a blast. Cool. So I hope you enjoyed that episode. I look forward to having you joining me next week for episode 19. I've recorded with a lot of amazing people recently and started having more honest, like authentic conversations about my life and other people's lives and and really honest and like deep conversations. So those are coming up with some of my like female friends from the Instagram and influencer world, obviously like all about health and biohacking as well. So look out for those coming in the next month. If you have anyone you'd like to see on the podcast, shoot me a message or an email. I would love to chat. And as always, everything mentioned in this episode will be in the show notes. This episode and every other episode is available on Google Play and Spotify, iTunes. It's also on YouTube and it's on my website, which is biohackingbrittany.com. So thanks and see you next week. Thanks.